Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are back with another episode, and this episode's a little interesting. It is uh we're gonna call this a we're gonna call this a prepare for the prepare for the shit episode. Because I am just really starting to see the pullback in the economy. I am starting to see people purchasing down to the bottom shelf. Um, with I sell booze, so with booze, they're not buying the expensive shit. People are out of money. You see that where interest rates are, if you carry any debt on a credit card, we're dealing with that. So... This episode is just all about how to prepare for the upcoming shitstorm, is what we're going to call it. How does that sound? Hey, sounds good to me. I mean, we're seeing it on our end where there was record spending throughout the year, and consumer spend, uh, they were claiming it shot down a couple months ago, but um, now we're starting, I guess it probably took a while to trail, and we're starting to see that right now, even in our business where you see sales are, are ticking down. So um, they're predicting 
Black Friday is not going to be as strong as previous years, previous five years here. So um, I think you're right. I mean, people running out of money to spend. So unless there's another handout coming, uh, you know, people are going to have to buckle up. Right. And and what do we see in what do we see in the amount of money that is going through the economy? It's not even just that people are out of money. It's all the extra money is gone. Right. So you're going to start to see, well, we, we are already feeling what happens when everybody has spent all this money. They maintain because as human beings, we, we kind of sort of maintain status quo. So they were spending all this extra money when they were getting all this extra money, whether it be unemployment, COVID relief, um, you know, when a billion dollars or $2 billion or $3 billion goes into the economy, that money then goes into all of our pockets. Part of it goes into all of our pockets because we make more um, for working more and then we spend more and we get in this, this kind of spending train. And that keeps going even when people don't have the income coming in and then they start to rack up debt and that's where it starts to get squirrely. And it's not just spending that people have racked up debt. People had to buy, started buying houses, right? Because the market was, the market was starting to get, was starting to slow down. So they were buying houses here and left and right. And the interest rate is jacked up on the houses and they have credit card debts and a house and a car for fucking $60,000. And all of a sudden it's like, holy shit. You look at, I can't imagine how much money is going out just in, just in loan payments for some people. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to watch because even if you're, if you've been paying attention to what you're buying in a department store or grocery store, I mean, that's been a 40 to 200% increase over the last, you know, two years. So, um, not alone, not only are people running out of money, I mean, you're looking at cost of product is way up and there's a lot of global uh, issues that affect that. Um, I mean, fuel is, is huge. That's one of them. So in the last uh, two months here, fuel has been up 10% and that's on the, um, the freight side. So, you know, that impacts the cost of goods. And eventually it trickles down and boom, you're going to see it in the store. So, um, yeah, I'd buckle up cause they're not seeing it change. Um, we're doing, it's ironic. We're doing budgeting right now for next year. Oh, perfect timing. And they're not, um, they're from what I'm being told in the meetings we've had this week is, you know, you're not going to see a big fluctuation probably for the next full 12 months. And I would be. I would be hard pressed. I'm I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a stick in the mud when it comes to this t- type of thing, but I would be hard pressed to believe that 12 months is the is the even on the short side of what we're going to see. Because we have had a way to bring us out of economic downturns with creating more I guess I want to call it, I don't want to call it wealth, but we've created income because we produce products. We've built um, giant companies like Facebook and Google and Apple and Tesla. And those are all American companies. And, and those companies bring money into the American economy. What I'm not saying that there's not anything because there's always going to be a black swan event where we don't necessarily see something like a Tesla coming or something like a Google coming. But realistically, I don't know that there is a lot of 
new crazy innovation to push the economy coming in the next 12, 18, 24 months. So not only are we going to be seeing a downturn, we aren't going to be seeing necessarily anything to pull us out of it. And what has happened in the past that has tried to pull it out of it would be government stimulus. Well, we are broke. Like we're, what are we, $20 trillion in debt now? It's over 20 trillion now. Okay. So we're over $20 trillion in debt now. So I don't know if you guys understand how interest works, but just the interest payment on that is astonishing. So the first thing I want to get into is, is for you guys to make sure that you make sure you're paying down your debt and there's good debt and there's bad debt, right? And good debt is a house at a reasonable interest rate. Good debt is debt on a investment, whether it be a business investment or a income generating investment that creates more income than what that costs. That's all good debt. Bad debt is high interest car payments. It is credit cards. It is store cards. It is uh, fluctuating interest level, you know, home equity lines of credit. It is all the stuff that is not necessarily helping your life. It's just hurting. And if you guys don't, most everybody understands, but when an interest rate is, let's say 24 to 30% on a credit card, and you're carrying $10,000 worth of debt on that credit card, that interest payment at 25% is going to be $2,500 per year. That's what annual percentage rate, APR means. So 25% of $10,000 is $2,500. The monthly interest payment on that $10,000 worth of debt is going to be a minimum of $200, 200 and what is it, $220 a month just to pay the interest. That doesn't pay off any of that $10,000 debt. So if you make a $300 payment every month on that $10,000 credit card, you are literally only paying $80 per month off on that $10,000 worth of debt. That's yeah. expensive. Yeah. Now, let me, uh, I looked up the, so the national, the gross federal debt right now, as yeah. it stands, yep. is $33.5 trillion plus. Holy shit. So that's why I wasn't even close. Yeah, that's why the feds right now are having trouble. And, you know, then they come crying to us saying that they need to legislate to, you know, get more money to uh, just to pay the interest on that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, think about that. Think about if you had, you know, if you had a $30,000 credit card bill, right? Because I know there's yeah. people out there that have $30,000 in credit card debt. $30,000 in credit card debt. That's $750 a month minimum just to pay the interest you don't pay any yeah. of that thirty thousand dollars off can yeah. you imagine i know you got me curious now as to okay what are we what are we paying on that debt you know yeah what? so yeah. we have good we have a plus i believe credit um as far as a country mm -hmm. so our debt percentage is probably six percent seven percent interest on that debt yeah, I'm looking that up right now. That's, well, you you keep looking that up. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start to dig into what we can start to do with this, right? So, 
one thing is to start paying shit off. Look around. We all have accumulated, not everyone, but a majority of us have accumulated a good amount of shit that we do not need. And if you start to liquidate some of that shit that you don't need, that treadmill that you bought that you never use, that, you know, three of each gun, that super expensive knife set that you had to have that you never used, the three sets of AirPods, the cell phone that you just upgraded that's one year old, all of these things in your house, that's all. You got to quit looking at those as things. And start looking at those as dollar bills. Because not only does it improve your mental health to start to get rid of shit and start to liquidate some of the shit that's just sitting around, it also improves your financial standard standing. So if you can pay down um, high interest debt, the next step is to start to start to put some, some money into, in an emergency fund. And that emergency fund needs to be accessible. Um, right now, I don't know that you need to worry about trying to make, uh, a bunch of return on your money for that emergency fund, but just put it in a, put it in a savings account. Even if you can get a high yield savings account online, I think my high yield savings is up to like 3.3% or something like that. And that's, that's great. That's, that's a great return on my money just sitting there waiting in case I haven't, I have an oh shit day. Um, so if you can start to look around sell shit, take that money and start to build yourself an emergency fund, that's going to help. Now, we all have money coming in every single month. Um, we get paid, you know, whether you get paid weekly, bi-weekly, you get paid monthly, however you get paid, we have that money coming in. What's the biggest way we can start to improve our finances? There's two things, right? We can look at how much money we have coming in, which we'll talk about in a second. We can look at how much money we have going out. And that's what I want to talk about right now. How do you start to decrease the amount of money you have going out? Well, are you driving a fuel-efficient vehicle? Are you being efficient with your daily spending as far as what you're, what you're eating every day? Are you buying two energy drinks and a pack of smokes every day? Are you going out to the bar uh, once a week and spending a hundred bucks because once a week spending a hundred bucks at a bar, that's 2,600 bucks a year. Um, where is your money going? And if you can start to budget the amount of money, and if you're like me and you need to budget the amount of money and then basically set up your finances so that you can only spend a certain amount of money because otherwise you'll just spend more, um, then do it. Did you get that debt number figured out? So our calculators on our phone and regular calculators don't, don't go, uh, go that high enough. So just using simple accounting, it's uh. So what it's costing us is roughly between eighteen and nineteen percent is what we're paying on that overall debt. Holy and shit! So the cost this year, the feds need to come up with is six hundred and sixty-three billion to pay for that. Just then, to pay our interest on our debt. Yep. In two thousand twenty-four, that percentage increases so we will be responsible for 745 billion wow to pay that's yeah. painful yeah massively painful how many people how many taxpayers are there in the united states 300 million gosh it's got to be less than that oh yeah that's that's the population 350 million in population right so it's probably only 250 million taxpayers 200 million taxpayers yeah maybe so, not even cuz as you get 
older, you're really only looking at paying tax from 18 to 65. Yeah. Realistically. So yeah, 200 million max. Yep. So what's 700 billion divided by 200 million? How much is that? 700 billion? Yep. Divided, divided by, by 200, 200 million. million. I don't even know. Mike, your calculator yeah. probably doesn't go calculator that high. Calculator doesn't even go that high. So um, let's just say it's a lot between the taxpayers and uh, what revenue they have to generate off of trade and, and whatnot. It's like, yeah, it's some big, big numbers here. 3500 All right. Thank you, ChatGBT, for coming through on this one. $3,500 per taxpayer just to pay the interest on our debt. That doesn't. That doesn't, that doesn't cover, count any of the other programs either. Well, that doesn't that doesn't cover roads. That doesn't cover anything. That literally yeah. covers nothing. That's just to pay the interest on what we owe other federal governments and the bank of the world, basically, right? Yep. Yeah, it's brutal, huh? Three hundred dollars. Everybody, start start paying your three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> just get it out. Start writing the check. That's that's what I would like to see. I would like to see everyone have to write a check for that tax bill at the end of the year. Not have it taken out of your paycheck. Write a fucking check so you can really feel the pain. Because that's one thing that small business owners feel that that everybody that works for a paycheck does not understand. Not everybody. Most people don't understand. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, really sit down and think about how much your dollar's been taxed. I think that you're going to realize and how much that hurts and also think about, okay, how much of that basically you're working that part of the year for free. Yeah, pretty much. You're trading your time. You're trading your time for basically nothing just for the government to be able to spend everything that they're spending, everything they've already spent. It's there. It's not even new spending. It's yeah. just what they've spent in the past. Yeah. So think about January to April, January to May, basically you're working for the government. I wonder what it is. What did you say the debt was? 33 trillion? Yeah, 33 and a half and growing, so. So if we took 33 trillion and divided it by 200 million, how much do you think each of us owes? Each of us owes? Yeah, if we owe 33 trillion, <laughs> everybody in the United States, every single taxpayer, okay? Mm-hmm. Every single taxpayer. That means if you're married, yep. then you owe double this number, $165,000. That everybody owes. That everybody owes. That's if we take that $33 trillion in national debt and divide it out by every human being on, that pays tax in the United States. Yeah. Let's fucking go. We're just, we're rocking it up. Is there, can we just, is there a bank, is there a restart? Is there a reset button? <laughs> Why don't you go to your banker and ask that? <laughs> so I, we're going to do a podcast here. This will probably be next week. Otherwise, we might have a guest next week, so it might be the week after. But I text you this before today, um, before we did this one. I want to do a gluttony, gluttonous effects on the collapse of superpowers. And what really started me on that one is um, I've been listening to a book all week on the on the, the on Genghis Khan and. Um, the Mongolians and they're basically giant, super fast rise to the largest empire in the world. And then how it all collapsed. And it, there is so many 
unique things that happen that are so similar to the collapse of other superpowers. I want to talk about that and I want to compare it in the collapse of all the superpowers throughout the world. But I will tell you that, that the gluttony is, is a big, is a big deal. But getting back to this, getting back to this week's podcast, um, what else can we do to try to spend less? Well, I think you brought up the the biggest things that I've seen a lot of people do lately is just, yeah, it's breaking some bad habits. I mean, the simple thing that you said is like it's smoking because I was in a meeting with somebody uh, yesterday who smoked their whole life, um, you know, drank their whole life, and they stopped for the last six months and really tracked it. And just the amount of money that they saved, they said, was just just amazing. Money and time. I can't believe the amount of people that order meals to be delivered to their house. Yep, that too. Right? And I don't mean like the online, like you cook it meals. Like those are pretty pricey too. But like the, the Grubhub. Yeah, Grubhub and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, because it's what? Convenient. And you're you're thinking that you're paying that extra money for convenience, but you're also paying the inflated dollars. Well, I shouldn't say inflated, but you know, you're paying for the labor to make that food. Well, it's, it's never like food, even takeout. If you go get it yourself, it's never as good as just eating there, but eating there, eating out, just regular eating out is a big expense for a lot of families. It's huge. Yeah. Especially now. I mean, inflated costs with families. I mean, you're going out, it's well over a hundred dollars for a typical family. I think, you know, food realistically is probably the, the major, one of the major places to cut spending for a lot of families. Um, yep. you know, I know for us, it is really looking at what we're purchasing at the grocery store. We don't eat out that often. We've kind of cut that habit. We used to do it way too much, but we've cut that habit pretty well. But even what we're spending at the grocery store, right? Like, are you buying the, are you buying the organic $6 potato chips or are you buying the, you know, the, the vegetables and fruit and stuff like that? And oh yeah. Not only do those changes improve your finances, but those changes also improve your waistline, right? Yep. Because, yes, meat is expensive. You're right. But vegetables and fruit are not expensive. Yeah. I mean, just eating out alone. I mean, I looked at my budget, too. Is just, you know, if I go three, four times out um, in a week, let's say, which seems to be a lot for most people, but let's say you're in a... I don't in, think that's a lot. I think that's average, probably. I think that's average? Yes. Wow. I would say three, ti- I would say three times a week, because you, you figure it's not just three dinners, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking three times, right? You go, you, go, you grab go lunch, go, yeah, brunch you grab lunch with somebody, you, you, go to, you go to breakfast on a Sunday with the family. Like th- I bet three times a week is probably average. Yeah, and you're looking, basically, it adds up to about you know 400 to $800 a month. That you're going out and just dropping into your gullet, kind so, of a, a kind of a a, a mortgage, yep. almost. Yep. So, and people have car payments now that I cannot believe I would not even imagine even taking on. Oh, I've done the math on some of the vehicles I see driving around. People pay more for their cars than I pay for my mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, it's and the way it's advertised, it, it's almost like they try to normalize it. It's like, oh, well, you're. Your payments, uh, if you ever see a, a car ad pop up and like, oh, and you can get into this brand new uh, whatever, and your payments are going to be 1500 to $2,000 a month. What? What is that? That's insane. But like, you're talking really? about, 
you're talking about a new loaded Yukon or a new loaded, you know, Tahoe's 90 yeah. grand. Yeah. And I used to get stressed out, like having a $300 a month car payment. Yeah. Now you can't, you can't get a Toyota Corolla. I, my mom just bought a brand new Toyota Corolla and it's like 325. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is huh. that crazy? That's crazy. And then, yeah, some of these folks, I mean, they stretch it out for, you know, seven years, which is way beyond uh, the life of that vehicle at that point. And it's like, and they're still paying that thousand plus car payment per month. It's, it's insane. I can't even calculate the interest in my head right now, even if it's like, even if you got good cred, it's what, four or 5% right now? Oh, no, it's way over that. It's, it's six, over to, that right six to eight with a good credit. Really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's 6 to That's 8% brutal. for a vehicle with good credit. Wow. Yeah, I know the housing market is, what, 7, 8 right now? Yep. So I can't even imagine that. I mean, imagine trying to take on a – I don't even understand how that works. How do you have a car payment like that, and then you see the prices of apartments right now? And you can't get trash around here for less than $300,000 for a house. Yeah. But then if you can't get a house, you can't save money because you're paying – $1,500 to $2,500 to rent an apartment. Yep. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't understand that. So it's, it's just, like all this shit adds up, right? Like this, this is the reason that we're looking at what we're looking at right now is because all this stuff adds up to like the, the, Pied, the Pied Piper is coming for his payment soon, right? Like shit is going to get dark. So what else can we do? Well, while it's, while it's still okay, Start to explore side gigs. Look for some part-time work. Is there anything that you, you're good at that you can freelance? You know, like, what can you do to increase your financial stability right now so that you can save more and you can stockpile more? Yeah. And what of, um, I mean, here's, a, here's an idea that I get from a lot of folks that come from out of the country is they always ask, um, why is it that we have, like, so few people and how they refer to is like there's one family in one house <laughs> so if you notice there's you know uh south american cultures right there's yep. um um middle eastern cultures even uh west of middle east and there's a lot of european cultures that do this that have multiple families share the home and not only do they share the home they share the vehicles so they're all cutting into that cost yeah and they said, yeah, then you, you can own a lot of nice stuff. You're owning it with your family or, you know, a uh, close-knit community. And I'm like, well, that's it's not a bad idea. I mean, it's, it's a foreign idea to us. I can't picture living with, like, you know, a million roommates at my age. But Well, it's, it's weird, too, when you start to think of, like, what if you moved your parents or your brother or your cousin their entire family in with you. Holy shit. That's a lot of like, that's a lot of getting used to stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd be at each other's throats. There's For gotta be sure. Some kind of, you know, regulation in the house, but man, um, but you know, it's, it's something you can't argue against though. I mean, now one thing I want to talk about is there's a ton of peer to peer, what we call that peer to peer or P P2P or, um, crowdsourced. Some people call it, but there's a lot of, of apps out there where you can just rent out your shit for money. 
whether oh, yeah. whether it be <laughs> your car whether it be your car Turo right Turo is a great one yep. if you have a car that just sits around and you want to add your car to Turo people could rent your car um I would be a little nervous about my car getting fucked up but if you have a bumper to bumper warranty and you trade your car in every few years fuck it who cares right yeah I try to keep my cars until they're absolutely fall apart so for me that's not a great idea um or there is outdoorsy and a few different ones where you can rent out your camper, rent out your RV. There's boat ones I know Martin's talked about before. There's one, you know, there's one I think it's called like a friend with a where you can rent out your tools. You can rent out oh, your heard that, yeah. all all this shit that that you are not necessarily using all the time has the ability to make you money. And Stuff like that is, this is creative, right? We're getting creative. And right now is the time to get creative because you don't want to have to get creative when you have to get creative. Yeah. And there's a lot of part-time gigs out there that are very lucrative because the, um, unfortunately, society is very low skill and stupid and lazy. So it doesn't take much to be an overachiever at this point. So I know we were, you know, one of the guys at the gym that runs a, runs a plastic manufacturer, right? Mm -hmm. He said they were paying their part-time people almost $30 an hour. Yeah. Uh, there's a, yeah, a lot of part-time right now that is in that $30 plus range right now. And it's not even skilled jobs. I mean, you can no, be these are a delivery driver. jobs. Yeah. There's a delivery driver, like literally right down the road for a small business. That's about $30 an hour just to basically uh, drive and drop off parts. Not with your own car? Not with your own car because uh, it has to be, it's it's larger material. So it oh, has to be okay. in uh, like a, either a box truck or a minivan or a van. No shit. No shit at all, man. That's And I mean, go, go wait tables, right? You could wait tables one Friday, you know, every yeah. other week and make 300 bucks. Yeah, cash. Cash. Tax free cash. So... Yeah, my daughter did that for a while because it was just lucrative, just one or two nights a week. And it was just, yeah, it was more than just spending cash. Another thing that people don't necessarily think about, but one of the things that becomes really beneficial is being self-sufficient. When, when the finances start to become a problem, if you don't have to call a repairman because you are self-sufficient enough to try to fix your own refrigerator or self-sufficient enough to change your own brakes, or self-sufficient enough to, you know, change the oil in your transmission or whatever. All of these things, like, if you guys haven't learned yet, which I'm sure you have because Martin and I use it all the time, you can fucking learn how to do anything on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> if you have YouTube and then a backup friend who you can call if you really get in some shit, right? Because I had a buddy who was, he really was dedicated to try to learn how to change his own brakes. And I said, hey, just get on YouTube, figure it out, watch some videos, and just try. And he called me a week later, and he's like, man, my car is on jack stands. I, got, I can't get the fucking thing, the, the caliper puck to go back in. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, thanks for calling me, because part of what you didn't understand is, like, calipers do seize up. Yeah. And you can get them where they don't actually go back in. So, like, now you got to learn how to change a caliper. But, like, phone a friend. First, try to be self-sufficient and then phone a friend. Well, what if you don't have any friends? Start working on your fucking friend network, right? Like build a community. Yes. 
No, that's that's huge. And then there, you can't be intimidated by technology either. I know so many people make the excuse that's like, well, your vehicle is, there's so many computer parts or sensors and whatnot, but guess what? That sensor is just a cheap part that's tied to basically a wire to the, you know, the main, it's just one computer in your uh, your vehicle. You know, buy a 20-some dollar code scanner. Yeah, and, they're super cheap and they work great. Yeah, and that's all I have. It's just literally you can go on Amazon and just, I think I paid like 25 bucks for mine. Yep. And you can diagnose, you know, shit yourself. You can go to, I think, AutoZone, O'Reilly's. I mean, they'll read the code for you. They'll give you, they'll let you use their code scanner for free. Yep. And uh, one thing when you, when you, another thing, if you guys are going to try that one specifically, when you get the code, right, P104, okay, what you then need to do is you need to go into Google and type in 2017 Chevrolet Tahoe P104. And then it's going to give you the likely, like what that likely is and a few other things to check. Like, don't just go off of what that code reader says. Yeah. And yeah, it's just amazing because yeah, you got Google at your fingertips. So you can find about anything, fix anything, you know, people share their experiences or, you know, this, if something sounds like this on a certain, you know, vehicle, boom, you got the answer right there in your, at your fingertips. So. Another thing that people start to um, or, or don't necessarily look at is as as the shit starts to get bad, crime will go up. So first, start to be a little bit hesitant of people trying to, you know, a great deal, right? Or getting scammed online, getting scammed over the phone, Um all of these type of things start to be a little bit more skeptical as it gets shittier because you're just going to have more people looking to capitalize because when people don't need to be shitty, they generally won't be shitty. But as they start to need food, they start to need drinking money. They start to need drugs, right? It gets shitty. Another thing to do, make sure you can defend yourself. Look into self-defense courses. Um, look into your concealed carry, make sure that you are competent with a firearm. What is your plan? If, if somebody tries to break into your house at night, what if, what if somebody tries to break in your house during the day when you're home or your doors locked, like all of these things, like the shittier it gets, the more safety you need to think about. Yeah. And don't depend on, I mean, you know, I love our law enforcement, but guess what? Their reaction time is going to be minutes. And you basically have seconds in a situation. So, you know, have a plan. Make sure you understand situational awareness before you start wielding weapons. And, uh, um, yeah, just, you know, it's not just uh, people that are going to be desperate because they need food. But, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on that, you know, when I was down at the border, too, that, man, there's a lot of dudes coming up from... uh from Mexico, from other countries. Oh yeah, a lot of it. A lot of dudes. Pretty much everybody 20s. that wants to be here from Mexico is here. Everything that's coming through is coming from South America, and yeah. central and Central America. Yeah, there's like there's Chinese males coming in groups over the border, which is just weird. Um, you got folks that are coming from Europe coming through the southern border. So you know, I think the numbers are pretty staggering. You're looking at in the last two years. Almost, I think, uh, what they've recorded is one and a half million males from all different countries that have come here. So, you know, 
I'm not sure what's going on there. If there's any type of infiltration that, like we saw um, in Israel, where basically people are in their homes, the terrorists come in there, and you've heard the you know the violent stories that have been happening. So, you know, what if that's you? You know, those people were unarmed and didn't have a plan. You know, what if your what if your house gets invaded, not just robbed? You know, do you have a plan to protect your kids, protect your you know your loved ones? It, it's not, it's not if you're going to get in a situation like that, pretty much in your life, you can count on, you're probably going to be in that situation one time, whether it be, you know, somebody trying to escalate something at a gas pump or road rage or a bar situation or a daughter's shitty boyfriend, right? Like you're probably going to encounter a negative situation like that, that you need to be able to handle. Uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically, right? You don't, you, you doesn't need to go to physical all the time, but you have to be ready if it is going to go physical. Yeah, yeah. It almost inevitably ends up physical. You know, if you're starting, if you can't defuse the situation, that's what's going to happen. Another big thing is it starts to get shitty out there, guys. Is I know if you've listened to if you've listened to five episodes of our podcast, you know we're at 131 episodes. If you've listened to five, you you're sick of us talking about health and fitness, but <laughs> a big expense is medical expenses. And how can you keep yourself away from medical expenses? Keep your fucking ass healthy. And I don't just mean healthy like not overweight. You need to be adequately strong enough to control your own body so that if you fall, you can catch yourself. If you know, if, if one of your kids comes running in on a skateboard and can't stop, can you grab them and hold them so that they don't fall, right? These are all things that if you are, if you're competent with your body and you're able to take care of the people around you, you could save yourself a lot of money. I, I mean, simple, right? When my daughter was little, she was standing in a shopping cart at Target and she was head heavy. Her, her head was like 105th percentile. And her body was like 20th percentile. She was fucking, she was oblong and overweight in her top half. She fell out of the shopping cart. Instinctually, I grabbed her by the leg and stopped her before her head hit the ground. I, I almost wanted to go back and get that fucking, that security camera from Target so that I had it forever. I, I was amazed with myself, but I did that. If I was a fat, overweight piece of shit with zero reflexes, would I have been able to do that? No. I would have been sitting at a hospital with an emergency room bill. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what long-term effects that would have had on your daughter. Yeah. You know, head trauma. So yeah, it's the big thing is make sure that your body is functional, you know, not just, you know, not overweight. You got, you got to be fully functional for anything to happen. Build your network around you, you know, build that, build that group of people that you can count on you know, if you do, if you do try to fix your refrigerator and you get yourself fucked, do you have somebody there that you can call and it can at least come commiserate with you while you're, you know, trying to figure out what electrical piece is bad? Or if you are able to, you know, acquire a, a vehicle that just needs some work for a lot cheaper than the one that you have and you can sell yours so that you can put that money towards high income debt, right? Or high interest debt. Do you have a buddy that can help you get it fixed up or even get it home? Do you have a way to get it home? Right. Like these are all things that if you surround yourself with good people and good people, not just mentally and emotionally good, but actually people that are good at shit. Right. 
you are going to be better off by yourself. And also one thing of that is if you're around a bunch of people like that, what do you bring to the table? And with, and when you start to think about what you, what do you bring to the table? It is that constant learning, right? Like, are you constantly teaching yourself about stuff? Are you constantly curious about stuff around you? Are you constantly taking on new things and learning how to become efficient at something or at least sufficient at something, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is uh, community is, is huge. And it's community. I'm not talking about, you know, the rah-rah CrossFit community or some, you know, bullshit like that. I'm talking about if shit goes down, do you have a plan even outside your home? You know, who are the uh, 3 a.m. folks that you're going to call to help you? Or if shit goes down in the city, it's like, hey, we got to, you know, get together. Or, hey, I got your back. Or, hey, I'm going to watch your family if you need to be here or there. So, you know, you got to have a plan outside of your house. Because when shit gets big and bad, you know, you can't do it by yourself. I'm not, I'm not the best at this one. So this is sort of a, a pot calling the kettle black or do as I say, not as I do. Or I, or I need to improve on this too. But staying abreast on the current situation, staying abreast on realistic, intelligent news, not just the garbage news, right? I, I kind of, for, for, I, I want to say for my mental health, but I kind of just stick my head in the sand and, and go about doing my own thing. And I don't pay as much attention to that as I should. And it's because we don't watch TV. I don't listen to the radio. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts. And I don't spend any time on social media anymore. So unless somebody tells me about something, I really don't see it. And that's good for my mental health. It's good for my productivity. But it's not great for my staying abreast on the issues and understanding the, the possibility of what could be coming next. Yeah, I mean, it's got its pluses and minuses. Um, I mean, you know, I belong to a community that, you know, we keep each other informed and, you know, um, sometimes the stuff seems far-fetched, but, you know, there's so much, I think, that goes on in this world that a lot of us don't don't realize. I mean, you know, for one big example is is, uh, child trafficking, right? Yep. You never see that in mainstream media. Never hear it talked about, but it is so prevalent. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and just we're going through numbers and just the amount, the numbers of just kids that are involved with that or even the amount of pedos that get busted. It's like, you know, it's in the hundreds to, you know, span over time. It's in the thousands. And, um, yeah, it's just happening right under our noses. So, yeah, it's... uh. I would say it's probably good mind behavior therapy to not have to know that stuff. But the problem is you kind of need to know what's going on to, you know, establish a plan to protect you and your family. Yeah, I guess realistically it's, it's, you, you can know that it happens and know that it's something that you need to prepare your family for and talk to your kids about and you need to look out for. And you can know that without, without, I guess, leaning into the details. Right. Yeah. Without letting it drag you into the mud, because I'm I'm definitely an I'm definitely an empath. And when I start to hear about that stuff or I start to see the the really, really dark videos that pop up about the Hamas Israel stuff, um, that fucks me up, man. Like it it definitely it takes me to a dark place. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I it, it just weighs heavy, you know. 
Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess I never thought of that. Um, I mean, I look at it as, you know, it's almost like a, you know, pre-mission data. So you know kind of how to prep for it. But, you know, terrorists are terrorists. You know, they'll, they do the same things because, you know, they, terrorists will not do anything without having an audience. And everything that they do has to be pretty extreme for that audience because they're always trying to make a point. And, you know, the stuff that we've seen with Hamas is nothing different than we've seen with ISIS and the Taliban. So, you know, um, you know, going off topic here, the one thing that just bugs the shit out of me that I just feel like I have to say is, you know, this is where people need to get educated. Um, I was seeing a big protest and the protest was done by, uh, gays for Hamas. And like, that is probably the most ridiculous thing because if those people weren't protesting here in the U S and protesting over there, you know, what would happen is they probably get like a little bit of applause and then, uh, you know, the terrorists would take them basically behind the shed and decapitate them. And, you know, it's one of those things where those people don't, those people don't realize that Hamas, yes, there is, there is an issue in that area between Israel and Palestine, right? Mm -hmm. Hamas is not Palestine. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Yeah. It's a Palestinian terrorist organization yes. that has, you know, basically kind of ruled that, that area. And that area hasn't had an election since, I believe it's 2006. And uh, the people there are basically lorded over. And there's like a 50% uh, unemployment there. Um, there's poverty all over. And it's just, it's typical in these areas where, yeah, terrorism abounds. Do you think, you know, I guess we're, we're way off topic, but <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm, cu well, no, I'm curious, you know, it's a chicken versus egg scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is it terrorism happens because the area is so desolate and does not have a productive economy and does not have a lot of this stuff? Or is it that stuff happens because of terrorism? That stuff happens because of terrorism, because they have resources there. That's why they settled there. But you got 2 million people, and basically you have a small group that basically wants to lord over them in fear. So it's just, you know, it's a bad, bad situation. And if there's no solution, there's no two-state solution. Yeah. So you have to look at it this way, you know, and we've always said this with, you know, whether it's ISIS or Taliban, right? So if I'm looking at these two parties, and I look at the Israelis. If the Israelis decided to put their guns down and say, hey, you know, we just want to, you know, talk about it. What do you think, you know, Hamas would do? And Kill then, them. Yeah. And if Hamas would lay their guns down, what would the Israelis do? They would say, hey, can they've been trying to work, you know, some kind of deal out with them. Because if you look at the history of that land, it's like there never once, it wasn't even one period of time in thousands of years, did they ever occupy that land that they wanted? Not one. So, 
you know, sorry to go off topic, but no, we're, we're good. We're, I mean, I think we covered most everything with the shit and we, we got into a little bit off topic. I was just trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to hit that was like actionable data, right? Like we're talking about work on your budget, pay down high interest debt, try to have more money coming in, whether whatever that creative way to make more money is along with less money going out, become more self-sufficient. You know, that could mean growing your own food. It could mean hunting for meat. It could mean um, not needing to pay repairmen. It could mean, um, you know, selling a bunch of your shit, renting stuff out on peer to peer networks, right? These are all, these are all ways to kind of get your shit in order, get your house in order before it gets so bad that you're forced to get your house in order. Right. right. And I think it's even a conversation I had this morning in a meeting was that inner circle is vital because guess what? If you put people in there that have the same, you know, mindset, right? It's like, hey, that can give you ideas of, hey, why don't you try this to, you know, generate some more uh, income? Or, hey, I can help you with, uh, you know, uh, raising vegetables yeah, in your backyard. Or here's a good idea. And then, like you said, it's like all of a sudden you're starting to share resources. Somebody is good at, you know, working on vehicles or somebody can just figure out how to, you know, um, light a pilot light, right? So something as simple as that, but you start building your community of, re- you know, resources and people that you can rely on and vice versa. It's, um, that's probably the key because nobody's going to save you is the saying, right? But yeah. you're getting, you're going to need a community of people to help you with your family. Yep. And you're going to need to help too. So you need to be efficient, proficient, sufficient, whatever the right word there is, at a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Contribute your skill sets. Got to have something. You can't just sit back and, you know, chomp down donuts. Oh, but fuck, donuts are so good. I know. I haven't had a crawler in years, man, but I keep looking at them every time I walk through that gas station if I have to go inside and get a receipt. Man, I, I remember, you remember the Hertz Donut place that lasted like five minutes in Middleton? Oh, I heard about it, but I've never seen any other. It was uh, these crazy donuts, right? They were just covered in all these candies and all this, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups and peanut butter frosting. And then there was like Andy's mint and like all these crazy donuts. Right. And I, I wanted to try it, but there, you know, for the first month, there's a line out the fucking door. And so I waited <laughs> a month or two to go. And then one day when I was at work, I went in there and I was, I was going to try a donut, right? There's like, there was four different donuts that I wanted to try. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Well, there's a, of course, there's a half dozen price, right? Yeah. So I bought a half dozen donuts. And then as I'm driving around working, I open up the box and I pull out one of the donuts I want to try and I take a bite out of it. Yeah. And I'm chewing it and I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And then I chuck the fucker out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Because if I knew if I left that in that box, I would continue to eat it. So I had a big bite of six donuts, got to try all of them and still only ate probably the equivalent of a donut. Oh, that's but it cost funny. me fifteen dollars or whatever the fuck it cost for six donuts. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of related to the story since you you know bugged me about being a a Danny Spiegel uh, fanboy. There you go. But you know she will generally post about she'll go to uh, what's that cookie crumble, crumble cookie or something crumble and you buy I think it's uh, you buy a six pack or something. Yep. Of different flavors, so she'll buy like a six pack and then she'll just take a bite out of each and then toss it. 
I got to toss it. You know, people are like, oh, you can't just put it back and save it for later. I'm like, no, I got to toss it. Because <laughs> the minute I walk back from that box, I'm going to look at that box and go, well, I'm going back for it. Yeah. And I got to toss it in the shitty part of the garbage, not like a clean bag. <laughs> so you don't dig it so out. So I don't dig it out. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, I'm dark. Oh, man. Fat kid at heart, man. Crazy. All right, that's a wrap. Hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week. Peace. Peace.